we sing not because we have a great voice, not because we're, we're professional singers, not because someone tells us to, but because Jesus Christ has given us a song to sing. Welcome to Samples Doctrine, the podcast of Sovereign Grace Music, where we explore what the Bible has to say about music and worship in the church and encourage those who plan, lead, and participate in their Sunday gatherings each week. Hello and welcome to the Sound Plus Doctrine podcast. My name is David Zimmer. My name is Bob Coughlin. It is great to be together. Always a joy to be together. <laughs> we have. Wouldn't a... it be bad if, like, one time I said, "You know what? It's really not. Like, <laughs> it's really not good being together." <laughs> I'm sorry, David. I've been wanting to tell you. I just thought I'd tell you right now. That because... would be embarrassing. Um, and, but I'm not going to uh... say that because it is a joy to be together. Perfect. Okay. Well, we have so much to cover on today's episode, and that's why, if you can't tell, we're really excited. Mm-hmm. It's because of that reason. And um, the the reason that is, is we are talking today about 15 reasons why my congregation isn't singing. Oh my gosh. So we have a lot to cover. There is a lot to cover. In one episode. Yep. So we're going to jump right but in. But we're on. professionals, so this should not be a problem. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> okay, number one. <laughs> well, l- let's set this up a little bit. Yeah. Um. I think this is probably one of the questions I get asked most often right after the the most the, the question I get asked most often is what do you do about singing songs from questionable sources? Mm-hmm. That's without a doubt the number one question which we will address on a future um, episode of this podcast but not today. Yes. Second question is hey how do I get my congregation to sing better? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, it's it's odd. There are churches throughout the world, they gather every Sunday, every Sunday, and and one of the things we're called to do is to sing, mm-hmm. sing to the Lord a new song. Uh, you know, the Psalms are filled with exhortations to sing. Colossians 3.16, as it says, we're to sing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs with thankfulness in our hearts to God. Ephesians 5 talks about singing, addressing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. We're to sing together, and yet they're saying, my congregation's not singing. Mm-hmm. And it's it's good to know why. Yeah. Why isn't your congregation singing? <laughs> so that's why we're doing this podcast. 15 reasons why my congregation isn't singing. Yes. So I got a list here. Feel free to to jump in yeah. on any of these. I think, and these aren't in any particular order, mm-hmm. okay? So, so the first is just wrong range. I think the ideal range for a congregational song is, a, is an A to a D, mm-hmm. an octave and a fourth. Now that's... That can be stretched, certainly can be smaller. A song like Come Behold the Wonders for Mystery is just a sixth. It's the range of a sixth. Yeah. Um, in Christ Alone is the range of an octave and a fourth. Mm-hmm. Uh, before the throne of God above actually is an octave and a fifth for one note. Um, <laughs> but within that A to D... You're most, not staying up there. You're yet. not staying up there. And we'll talk about that in the next point. Yeah. But it's just it's just hitting the wrong range. And a problem is a lot of modern worship songs today are wide ranges. I remember listening to one song, it was the range was an octave and a seventh, hmm. almost two octaves. And I thought, man, I mean, 
your congregation might sing that if like really young and really, you know, excited, but but your typical multi-generational congregation, and that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, and it, it should be stated that we're we're thinking of just a normal church, you know, yeah. with people from different ages, di- different generations. Let's see, I guess that's the same thing. Um, d- different uh, maybe backgrounds, why they're not singing. Mm-hmm. And one of the main reasons is just the range is too broad. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that'd be the first thing. Yeah. Well, and you said um, in terms of range, uh, the other point is the tessitura mm. of the range. Point number two. Yeah. yeah. Tessitura. So, right. We've talked about that on okay, a previous remember. podcast, yeah. but if you haven't listened to a previous podcast of us you talking should. about that... You should. Go back and listen to all of them. You should. But also, can you just de- de- define... Define that? Yeah. So tessitura is. is where the song hangs out. Yeah. Wh- where most of it lies. Yeah. So you said on In Christ Alone or in uh, Come Behold, it hits that note and then comes off. Well, no, that's Before the Throne. Oh, Before the Throne. It, it's uh, da, da, uh, in cry, um, Before that, the Throne. So it's just one right. note. But the tessitura is kind of on the downside. That's the first half of the song. It's kind of low. So that's lower. So it's kind of in the middle. But you could look at your song, and if you can't do this, if you don't like know the theory to do this, ask mm-hmm. a, someone who does. Yeah. Say, okay, where where does this song lie? Uh, now, some songs, again, especially modern songs, are written in this kind of low, high uh, dynamic, and that's the octave jump is the essence of that, where you sing a lot of songs down here. Yes, octave jump. A lot of, then you sing a lot of songs up here, or even you sing a lot of songs up here, and it's... <laughs> Yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard to do those kind of songs. <laughs> Just imagine someone driving in their car on their way to work at like six forty-five, and hear you singing. Well, so high. Welcome to the day. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, if if the tessitura is is bad, so you 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 do a song. You you don't choose a song based on if you sound good on it. Yeah, good. P- please don't do that. Right. It, it's not wise. Um, y- you know, some leaders say, well, I just don't sound good up there. Or, uh, you know, some say, I don't sound good down there. Mm-hmm. Um, it, choose songs with good ranges, good tessituras, mm-hmm. that your whole congregation can sing and that you can sing. Yeah. And, and don't pitch the song be- just because you can hit it. Right. And, you know, a lot of the songs that are recorded by popular ministries, bands, churches, they have great singers. Yeah. You might not be a great singer. Yeah. And I can assure you that everyone in your congregation is not a great singer. <laughs> so pick a good range. Yeah, especially that is a hard thing for tenors because, like myself, I have a very high voice. Yes. And we're always battling this. Yeah. When, well, it's not a real battle, but yeah, we're I know. It out. I, I know that a song will, you'll feel better, will sound better for you, like say in D. Mm hmm. Uh, that might go up to a D or an E even, and you say, yeah, this is like my peak range. <laughs> but but the ladies yep. and a lot of the guys are saying, I can barely hit that. Yeah, yeah. And it would be hard to stay up there 
Yes, yeah, for, for sure. sure. For yeah. sure. And again, talking about Tessitura, In Christ Alone is a great example of a song that has a low Tessitura. Same thing. Just at one spot where you go high. So you can tend to move that song up a little. We actually do that song in D and modulate to E. So at one point, it's you, a stretch. But you just hit for an a second. E. It's just for a second. Yeah, and and that can have real dramatic effect because you're you know the very top of your voice. Mm-hmm. You're hitting that you know the, those saying those words and emphasizing them in that yes. way. So wrong range, wrong tessitura. Third uh, reason your congregation might not be singing is just singability. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think a lot of the songs coming out today are are creative. Uh, you know, joy to listen to, joy even to sing once you know them. Mm-hmm. But if you don't know them, it can be really challenging to to latch on to it. Yeah, um, songs with a lot of syncopation, and mm-hmm. not just syncopation, but but weights. You know, where you you have a certain repeated pattern, then you change it. Yeah, and then you change it again. Right, and it's like. Oh, man. I mean, I've been in congregations or at least events where I'm trying to sing those kind of songs, and yeah. it's just hard. Yeah. Now, if your congregation knows the song, right? then sure. It's different, yeah. yeah. I, think, um, I think with Sovereign Grace Music, we have a blend of um, kind of contemporary uh, like uh, rhythms yeah, 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 and yeah. melodies, and then we also have a lot of kind of hymnish yeah, songs yeah, yeah. that have three verses and a lot of repetition yeah. and um and I like that we have both of those things. Yes. I think could you talk about maybe there is a song that has a difficult motif, rhythm motif to sing, but you've taught it to your oh. congregation and you haven't just done that song and then moved on. Yeah. And you're yeah. never going to do it again. Yeah. Can you talk about how do you teach that, just briefly? How do you teach a song that you really want your congregation to sing because of yeah. what it says and, you know, uh, and its theology and, and, and how it could, you know, serve them, but they need to learn it? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, sometimes a, a recording has different um, melodies from verse to verse, like mm-hmm. the, the person who's singing it will sing a different melody from verse to verse. So in that in that case, I'll kind of modify the melody and sing sing the same thing each time, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, some congregations I know will smooth out some of the syncopations. Mm-hmm. They've done that with our songs. That's totally fine. If your church is used to singing hymns and you're trying to sing a, a modern song and there's a lot of syncopation, they're going to have trouble. Yeah. Um, so it's okay. Smooth it out a yeah. little bit. Yeah, that's, that's fine. Point. Make it consistent. Um you could do it for the people and say, "Hey, we want you to listen to this. Put it on a Spotify playlist. Put it on a get iTunes to them playlist. Before. Yes, get them beforehand and just get them to listen to it because that's how kids learn music. Mm-hmm. We learn by ear. Mm-hmm. We don't read notes. We learn by ear. And kids can learn a lot of songs by ear. They can learn very complicated songs by ear. Mm-hmm. So you you can use that for your congregation and just say, "Hey, here, why don't you listen to this song before we do it on Sunday?" That's great. Um, and so those are some of the ways. Do it for them, you know, without them singing. Say, we're going to do this, listen, then you can join in. Yep. Um, it can be challenging, especially when a church is used to very straight, you know, on the beat kind right. of melodies to do something that's that's more 
um, yeah, more rhythmically complicated. Yes, rhythmically yeah. complicated. Um, I love all those. Um, you know, I think those are all helpful tips. Uh, you know, for worship leaders as you're planning to, you know, allow these songs to be singable. And by the way, I don't think Sovereign Grace Music has done particularly great in this respect over the years. We're mm. trying to do better. We're trying to write songs that are more singable. Yeah. Um, I listened to some of the songs we did, uh, you know, two, three decades ago, and I just... In fact, I'll, I'll sometimes be in a situation where I'm being led by someone, and they'll do an old Sovereign Grace song, and I won't recognize it. And I'll think, where did that song come from? This is so hard to sing. And then I realize, it's one of ours. <laughs> <laughs> Which is sad, but That's we're great. trying to do better. We're taking baby steps, yes. and we're trying to do better. Um, but it is worth looking for songs that that are easy to latch on to, mm-hmm. easy to sing. That's good. Uh, so that's point number three, singability. Number four, too much content. Um, can you have too much content? Can you have too much content? Can someone in the Sovereign Grace podcast, Soundless Doctrine podcast, be saying <laughs> you can have too much content? Yes, uh, yes, you can. Yes. You know, <clears throat> Brian Chappell in his book, um, Christ Under Worship, talks about a congregation's capacities. Mm. How much can a congregation actually take in? Mm. And I think of it like, you know, our brains or our, our souls, our hearts are like, you know, these, these five gallon containers. And, you know, we're trying to pour, like, 50-gallon, 100-gallon truths into them. Yeah. And it's just like, <laughs> you know, we just load it in, load it in, and load. Right. And people get tired. Yeah. And they just stop singing. This is like, I can't, I can't take all this in. Yeah. You know, so there, there can be too much content mm. where there's just words, words, words. Everything's four verses. Everything's really deep and solid. And it's like there's no time to... <sighs> Breathe a little bit and just yeah. think about this. I mean, the Psalms have that kind of mm-hmm. variety, where right. you, you have ones that are very intense, very deep, very you know full of, of content. Psalm one forty five would be a great example of that. You know, where it just talks about the Lord is gracious and merciful. This is verse eight: slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all; his mercy is over all that he has made. And then later on, the Lord upholds all who are falling, raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand. You satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways. It's just... (laughs) So we did a song. We wrote a song based on this psalm, uh, An Unchanging God, How Uh Great. And one of the challenges was not making it sound like, you know, just pounding you with truth and truth, just giving you some time to say, you know, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, Mm -hmm. and His greatness is unsearchable. So yeah, yeah, you can have too much content in your songs. When you talk about that taking a deep breath, you're talking about sort of responding. Yes, yes, right. Not just kind of checking out. Yeah. So you would put in, um, you would maybe split that up just so people aren't confused. Like if you had a song that had a lot of content, like you're saying, uh, a lot of like the hymns, you know, um, how would you split that up and allow people to take a breath? Yeah, that's great. I mean, there are a variety of ways. You, You could, one, look for songs that have that variety. So it's one of the reasons we add choruses to hymns. Mm. A lot of content. The hymns, the chorus gives you a little chance to to Mm. breathe and reflect. Um, That's the best argument I've heard for adding a chorus to a hymn. I think it is the main reason, other than to add the gospel to it. Yeah, you know. um, Yeah. Yeah. uh, But yeah, give people 
just this it's, it should be relevant to the cam i've heard choruses added to him yeah that just right. like that just that's nothing right so it's relevant to him um you could um do simpler songs mm-hmm. you know in between two hymns the other thing is you can train your church over time to to be to expand their capacity and I think you should seek to do that. Yeah. We shouldn't sing the same simple courses. There's a reason the courses that were so popular in the 70s aren't being sung a ton today. Maybe they are in some churches, hmm. but I'd say those churches could benefit from exploring <laughs> both what has been written in the past exactly. and what been, has been written in the last 20, 30 years, because mm-hmm. there is some. there's a lot of great songs, that there are a lot of great songs that have been written that could serve the church that go beyond yeah. just the you know the the simple choruses that yep. were so popular in the 70s. I mean that's reason number 5. Too okay, little too content. little content. Okay, great. <laughs> Let's move right along. Yeah, too little content. I I mean you you do stuff that's uh really simple and really repetitive. It people can latch on to it mm-hmm. uh at the moment. But over time, it's not feeding you. We're to let the word of Christ dwell in us richly. Yeah. You know, uh, I think Psalm 111 says, Great are the works of the Lord studied by all who delight in them. Mm-hmm. Studied. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're unsearchable, so we, we have to spend some time expounding them, exploring them, trying to figure out what, it, what is so great about the Lord. Right. That takes words. Yes. So if you just sing simple Easily accessible, immediately, uh, you know, singable songs. That's all you do. Yeah, after a while, people are going to check out. Yeah, and if they are singing, they're not going to be singing with much thought. Yes. So yeah, right. too little content can be. Uh, you know, we end up worshiping our worship. Really, is, is mm-hmm. what happens. Mm-hmm. Praising our praise. Um, being passionate about our passion. Yeah. It's like, I don't really know what I'm saying, but I love you, Lord, with all my heart. You know, it's like I, we get so excited about our love and our... And there are really very few examples in Scripture hmm. where people are simply moved by the fact that they're moved. Hmm. It is all based on the objective realities of who God is, what he said and what he's done, his yeah. his worthiness, his word, and his works. Mm-hmm. That's what we're singing about. That's what moves us. And yet, there are times when we want to respond with, "Hey, this is this is moving to me, Lord. Yeah. I do love you." So there's there's that balance. Yeah, I, I think um, just something to briefly add. Uh, I think your congregation coming in on Sunday mornings is hungry. And you have to know that as a worship leader. They're yes, hungry yes. to be fed. Yes. Um, like lambs, you know, wanting to come. And we have a great shepherd who's given us what will indwell us yes. and feed us and himself. change us is yeah. himself. Yeah. And so you got to know that when you're planning songs and singing songs, uh, yeah, your people want to be fed. Yes, yes. Yeah, and I would issue this challenge to those who are, you know, Oh, my, my, my church doesn't, you know, um, won't sing wordy songs. They, they, they just want to sing what's popular. Mm-hmm. It's going to take time, and we should do a podcast on, um, you know, leading your church through change. I don't think we've yeah. done one. That would, I, I think that might be helpful. But, 
but it's worth doing. It's mm-hmm. worth pursuing, just for the reason you said. Mm-hmm. God wants to give us himself in Christ by the power of his spirit. He does that through his word. And so it's worth helping your church mm-hmm. appreciate words that might be beyond those that would be immediately accessible yeah. and ones that might cause them to think more deeply about who the Lord is and what he's done. Excellent. Point number six. Uh, familiarity. Uh, kind of related to a little content, but if if you have not changed your repertoire in the last like three years, um, it's likely that people might be singing, but they're more likely just mouthing you know, the words. Um, yeah. They're... they're yeah, we just become overly familiar with things. And again, people begin to check out. Mm-hmm. Uh, our minds don't have to work. We don't have to wonder, what does this really mean? And so we, it just becomes overly familiar. This is anything. Yeah. That can happen with anything. Yeah. Um, so which leads to number seven, which is kind of the, the <laughs> opposite, lack of repetition. So I remember years ago... I would seek to teach, we would seek to teach in our church two new songs every month, so about 24 songs a year. Well, we only sing about 100 songs a year. Hmm. So that means every four years, your entire repertoire is being replaced, which does not make for very good multi-generational singing for or sure. honoring those who have gone before you yeah. or you know helping our children grow up with songs that they can sing throughout their lives. Yes. So lack of repetition is to be avoided as well. That's really good because I I, I would imagine there have there has to be worship leader. I I've been here myself when I've been leading in a in a congregation or in a setting where my planning center is 1,400 songs. That's a problem. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I think a lot of worship leaders feel that way of like, man, it's like a closet of stuff I yeah. haven't gone through. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think you're missing out on on the ability for them to know the songs they're singing yes. every Sunday. Yes. That is, I, I'm just telling you, if you're listening to this, being in a in a congregation that does that is so enriching. Mm. It's so engaging mm. yes. because I know this song. I don't have to sit and study it every Sunday. Every Sunday, right. It's yeah. okay, first time you hear it, to be thinking, wow, why is, you know, what is this song saying? Oh, I've never thought about that. Yeah. And songs give us ways of saying things we wouldn't think of ourselves. Yeah. Not simply for creativity's sake, but to more faithfully represent what God has said to us in His yep. Word. That's what songs do. Mm-hmm. They do it in a fresh way, a creative way. It's not new truth. It's just way a, a new way of expressing it. Uh, but it is a benefit, as you said, to be able to sing those words with with deeper appreciation. Mm-hmm. I love what Harold Best has said. I think I've said this on the podcast before, but it's in Music Through the Eyes of Faith. He says, faith enables us to sing an old song in a fresh way and a new song in a familiar way. Mm-hmm. So the Such old song point. in a fresh way, because it's, it's saying, it's not just this song that I'm thinking of, it's, it's what it's saying, these truths that it represents, and mm-hmm. that ignites you know, a passion in my soul and makes me want to sing this song again. So how many times have I sung... You know, uh, well, a newer song, Yet Not I, but Through Christ in Me. Yeah. Um, it, by our friends at City Light, it, it just, 
it's moving to me every time, mm-hmm. you know? And even as it becomes more familiar, I am aware of how much it says. Yes. So it's a familiar song, but and I can sing it in a fresh way. And it says a lot. It does say a lot. I mean, it has four verses. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, and they're packed. Yes, they're packed. So it isn't a song that you would do every Sunday. No. Well, I mean... Yeah, I wouldn't. I could. I could do it every Sunday. <laughs> but it is a song that, um, you know, once you get it, uh, that's another. That's another really fast point. That song has so much repetition; it's easy to pick up. Yes, to this I hold. Yes, yeah. it, it, and so when you sing four verses, it doesn't really feel like it's changing. It's not yeah. changing every time. Yes. So even a song you can kind of get away with like that. You know, allows you to sing it multiple yep, times. But. Yep, we better. We're only halfway through. We this better. Move, we better move along. <laughs> we're probably going to have part. Probably. Okay. Um, let's see. What are we on? Lack of repetition. Number eight. Congregation not believing they're the main sound. Um, mm. We've talked, I think, quite a bit about this on the podcast. But if your congregation doesn't believe their voice really adds to the sound. What reason do they have to sing, really? I mean, they don't think they're being heard. They don't think they're being noticed. The, all the, the musicians have in-ear monitors. They're not even listening. There's no congregation mic you know, that they're listening to. It's just like... Complete separation. Yeah, complete separation. Yeah. So they don't believe they're the main sound. So why would they sing? Mm. So we've talked about ways of encouraging that, doing occasional acapella. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at the, at the, to repeat a chorus, toning the instruments down some, not overplaying, all those kinds of things. But just yeah. the congregation, they don't believe they're the main sound, they're not going to sing loud. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways you can see this, whether they believe they're the main sound or not, is when you drop all the instruments out, does the sound increase? <laughs> does it get louder? Because people are saying, yeah, finally, we get to sing. Or does it get softer because everyone right. thinks, oh, Uh-oh. we're not being supported by the band, and so I can't, I don't want anybody to hear my voice. <laughs> yeah. No, we want people to sing with all their heart. You know, Psalm 108, my heart is steadfast. Oh, oh God, my heart is steadfast. I will sing and make melody with all my being. Mm-hmm. But that's what we want our people to be doing. Yes. So they have to believe they're the main sound. Mm-hmm. Number nine, too many new songs. I think we talked about that. Yeah. Too, ma- too many new songs. Yeah, just uh, when you teach a new song, take time to keep introducing it yep. so that people get it. Um, number 10, too many harmonies. We just did a podcast on this. On we did. Not saying that harmonies are bad or right. if you sing harmonies that you're you know, obviously performing. No, harmonies are great. Yes. They're just not to be assumed. Yeah. And it's not to be assumed that that because I can sing harmony and that fits my voice better, that that means I should sing harmony because mm-hmm. it's about serving the congregation. Right. So if we're always singing harmonies, it can be hard for the congregation to pick up what the melody actually is. Right. And the congregation is going to be singing harmonies along a with... A lot of them will, yeah. Yeah, with what you're doing. Uh, yeah, and a lot of them won't either. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They will only sing the melody, and they want to find it. Yeah. So we just want to make it easier for them to find yes. the melody. Absolutely. Yeah. So but we, we did just together. talk about that, yeah, on yeah. our podcast. Number 11, unclear leadership. I've, I've uh, both been under this and done it myself, mm-hmm. uh, where you're just not doing a good job telling people where to come in. Mm-hmm. 
where things end, when things slow down, when the song ends. Like, you're just not giving them any indication. You're just kind of letting them figure it out. Yes. If you're a leader and you're up there in front of the congregation, in front of the church, lead. Uh, you know, at the right moments. It's like driving down a highway, going somewhere, and you have to make a turn. You don't need to say anything while you're just driving down the highway. <laughs> but if there's a turn, you say, hey, there's a turn. We don't hang out at the turn. We just say, hey, here's a turn. Turn on this road. There you go. Right. All right. And so that that kindly leadership, when it's lacking, can leave a congregation very timid. And second-guessing. Yes. yes. When oh, do I this? come in? Yes. Yeah. Especially for smaller churches. Yeah. So it's it's even more important in smaller churches that you never give the, the congregation this, this sense of, where are we? Yeah. What are we doing? Where are right. we going? Uh, just just let them know it's not it's not interrupting the flow. It's not you know banishing the Holy Spirit. It, it's just, yes. it's a way of really serving people by letting them know. It might be as simple as you know um, just say you know in Christ alone after the introduction. Yes. Uh, I just keep using that song. Someone said you always use in Christ alone as a, as a model for what you're doing. Well, it's a great song. It's a great song. Um, but whatever song it is, yeah, just saying the first line to the verse and just it just gives people faith to sing. It does. I think you've modeled this really well. Bob. I'm trying, and Dave. I'm trying. It's been really helpful. I think even. I also know, you know, as worship leaders, we can have a tendency to always say the first line mm, of yeah. every verse we're about Which to is sing. Which unnecessary, <laughs> exactly. But I think point. you've been helpful in saying, you know, if it is, you know, what gift of grace is Jesus my Redeemer? You can say something that's impactful briefly yes. before you... It doesn't have to be the lyrics, yes. too. Yes. It can be, Expound let's, let's sing this in faith. Yes. You know, or uh, yeah, some an, a, a, an opportunity again to shepherd and to help. Yes, yes. People. This is our response. Yep, that kind of thing. All right, number twelve: distractions. Oh, that that could be what someone's wearing. It could be. Uh, <laughs> I love that you went there first. Uh, uh, hey, um, <laughs> I guess it could be what pink. someone's wearing. <laughs> it could be an overactive fog machine or a fog machine at all. <laughs> It could be. Uh, oh uh, what are the distractions? Can you think of? I mean, oh, I, well, I mean, I think honestly, a lot of the distractions we've talked about in previous podcasts are overplaying. It's yes, way too yeah, loud. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. you know, it's more like a club than it is a gathering, a, yes. a church gathering. Yes. Those can be the distractions that come to mind. I just, I'd love that you went to some of those funny ones. Yeah. It, <laughs> Don't be distracting. I, I mean, it's it is interesting how culture changes this. Like what used to be distracting isn't distracting. I remember mm. at one point years ago, someone wearing like a baseball cap would be distracting. Well, you're not a worship leader if you're not wearing a baseball cap now. That's amazing. That's not true, because um, <laughs> I've never worn a baseball cap and never will. Um, but yeah, culturally, it it can it can change. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, distractions. All right, number thirteen, too effeminate. And I guess you could say too masculine. Mm -hmm. um, you know, too effeminate meaning that we're just we're just about singing songs to Jesus because mm -hmm. we love him and he loves us. And you know, some I mean, some of you, some of folks listen to this are in churches where the guys are just going, I don't know what you're talking about. That's mm -hmm. I don't I have no idea like how to even relate to what how you're saying. How do I jump in and yeah, say Yeah, yeah. 
Wow, you have saying so much on this podcast today. I'm so about it. Uh, so anyway, there are two masculine, you know, like, we're the church. Yeah, sing right now. Yes, yes, and it's all bullshit. You know, there's that balance. I mean, think of Jesus. Hmm. Jesus had no problem, like, raking the Pharisees over the coals. He was bold. He was strong, but he could welcome little children. He hmm. had compassion on a prostitute. You know, she found something in him that didn't condemn her, that was that was tender, and mm-hmm. so it's it's the Psalms again show something similar. Yes, that they can at times be very masculine, very feminine, but it's it's the way of it's about who God is, mm-hmm. how He relates to us. Sometimes mm-hmm. He's very tender, but we want to remember He's the God whose throne is is His foundation, the foundation. The, thr- the foundation of his throne is righteousness, justice. Yeah. You, you know, I was just reading Psalm 97 this morning. Hmm. You know, clouds and thick darkness are all around him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. It's like, whoa. So, so it's that combination. Yeah. Number 14, bad projection. This is huge. Yeah, we probably should start it with this. We, t- <laughs> we could have a whole podcast on this. It's so huge. Maybe we should sometime. I mean, it'd be great. great Yeah, but just highlight a couple points. I think uh, if your projectionist is so important, do you know that? It is. The person that's projecting lyrics, if you do that in your church, is so important. Yes. And They should be there for rehearsals. Yes. Yeah. Just to figure out what's going on. Yeah. Um, they should recognize that there might be a time lag between what they see on the screen and what's on the screen. Thank you and for so saying you, that. Well, I was at a conference a few years ago where they were using an intern, not, not that this speaks of all interns, <laughs> but it was an intern, on the lyric projection, every single slide, I don't know what you call them, every yeah. uh, was late. Yes. I didn't know a number of the songs. So I, I talk about distractions. I just could not engage because they were all two lines, and I missed the first yes. half of it. And it was like, oh, please, please have mercy on me, a newcomer. I don't know <laughs> these songs. Please get me the lyrics before I sing them. Yeah. I mean, we had people comment this on our on our lyric videos. Mm-hmm. You know, can you get the lyrics up so earlier? So we've sought to do that. Yep. Um, but it, it you have to fade out, you know, leave one line or one slide to get early to the next one. Yes. Excuse me, it's worth doing um, because it will hinder the engagement of your congregation. Yeah. So they have to pay attention. They have to be alert. Yes, they can worship the Lord. They might have a hand lifted, but you have your eye on that screen. Yes. You can do both. Yeah. And it's about how well you're serving in a non-distracting way. Yeah, that's what good projection is. People yeah. shouldn't notice it. And I would encourage, uh, I would encourage worship leaders to not use a, a moving uh, background. Oh, um, why? If, why if possible, I think you are so non-modern. I you think it can be. Um, like I think it can be a little a bit distracting. But I think what can be more distracting is having the filming the people doing what they're doing and the lyrics are happening. Yes, yes, that is the most distracting. Um, so why? I think because when I'm just seeing text on a screen, I'm able to there, there's nothing else that's taking just, my attention away. You've got the away. text. Yeah. Yeah, I just have the text. In Nothing's going to make it better. 
Yeah. I remember watching videos uh, or lyric projections where it, they would always show like the Maine coast. And I just always think of my two couple vacations we took in Maine. And, and then I'd be lost. It was like, I'm not thinking about what I'm singing anymore. It was yeah. like, yeah, yeah, we did that. And we went to that city. And Yes. So, so yeah. But that's another side of things. Okay. Last, number 15, lo- lack of conversion. Hmm. Um, I, I, again, <laughs> you know, in many churches, there are people who don't know the Lord. Uh, they've been coming to church for years, years, and everybody assumes, yeah. But you you know that going to church does not make you a Christian, just like going to a garage doesn't make you a car, mm-hmm. or going to McDonald's doesn't make you a hamburger, all those analogies. Um, <laughs> right. You you have people who don't know the Lord. They Their affections aren't stirred. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't know why it's so glorious, their sins are forgiven, that God has sent Jesus to live a perfect life they couldn't live, that Jesus took their sins upon himself, endured their punishment, took the wrath of God in their place, rose from the dead, and now they have new life in Christ, and their eternity, eternal destiny has changed, and their life is completely different because they're in Christ. They, they don't know that. Mm. And so why are they going to want to sing? Hmm. We we sing, not because we have a great voice, not because we're, we're professional singers, not because someone tells us to, but because Jesus Christ has given us a song to sing. Mm-hmm. He's the one who's in our midst singing songs to the Father, mm-hmm. and we are singing through him. How can we not sing? Right. So we hope these reasons have given you encouragement, maybe something to work on, maybe something to be thankful for. If you have a a singing congregation, praise God. May they continue to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we trust that this has been helpful for you. Amen. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to Sound Plus Doctrine podcast of Sovereign Grace Music. Sovereign Grace Music exists to produce Christ-exalting songs and training for local churches from local churches. For more information, free sheet music, translations, and training resources, you can visit us at SovereignGraceMusic.org.